0: Hello, my hearty Mike. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Oh, Chris Hipkins was sworn in as Prime Minister today, formally completing the handover of power from Jacinda Ardern. How will the incoming government handle the economic headwinds? Oh, that just after four. by the way, he is holding a press conference post cab just now. And just to hand, he said that. He's left the door open to considering uh, tax issues uh, later, but he says any changes in these areas will come from come with a lot of warning. I'm not announcing tax policy today, he said. Um, also today, the cost of that blazer, the cost of that jumper. Uh, no, wait, make that two jumpers. It's just the start, isn't it? Talking school costs today. Uh, one smaller school does things a bit differently. We discuss that on the program. Also, today, Blackferns have won the Rugby World Cup a record six times, but those stats are hard to find on search engines. Why is that? The biases in searchable facts when it comes to women in sport. We discussed that on the panel this afternoon. We also talk about the media skit um, on New Zealand television that has people talking, particularly on uh, social media. And today is a very, very special day. Why is that? A new Prime Minister? No. More <laughs> special than that, even. Why do you think? More at 4:30. Text me, 2101. Hello James, how are you? You laughing like that? I am, yeah. yeah. Um, kia ora. Kia ora. A consultant, lawyer and columnist at Newsroom. Anything else to add? I've become an
1: English language teacher. Oh my goodness. Yes, teaching English to foreign students here in New Zealand. I did the qualification at the end of last year and I started teaching last week.
0: How are you finding it?
1: Well, I thought it would be challenging and rewarding, and I'm finding that in equal measure. Yeah. It's both, Robert. Right. Uh,
0: also today, Janet Wilson, broadcaster, media trainer, former press secretary for Judith Collins. Janet, uh, beaming in from Hawkes Bay. Kia ora.
2: Kia ora. How are you? Ahi ahi marie.
0: Look, I am so well today A very special <laughs> day uh, It is, uh, well let's let's jump into the first uh, um, story You may have heard there are wallabies in New Zealand You might not know they are quite a pest Wallabies silently prey on the futures of our forests and farms Biosecurity NZ's Director of Response, John Walsh, said The issue is enough for a campaign awareness launch The Tipu Matoru Wallaby Free Aotearoa campaign launched Highlighting the damage these animals do to our environment if left unchecked they could cause kiwis over 80 million dollars ongoing in damage a year it's estimated so to discuss sophia white pest management programs team manager at biosecurity new zealand kia ora, sophia
3: kia ora. how,
0: how you? long has the wallaby been here in new zealand
3: uh, wallabies have actually been around for a long time They were initially introduced by Governor Grey in the 1800s um, And many people might know them from being on Kowal Island within Auckland mm. um, As having a large population there um, Then they were released into like Okatina in 1912 around the Rotorua area um, they were also released into Waimati Canterbury um, later on as well
0: Goodness me, never seen one, never seen one Whereabouts in the country are they really causing issues?
3: Yeah, you probably haven't seen one because they are nocturnal and they're quite cryptic, they're very shy species um, so they're quite tricky to see but yeah, we have these two populations Um, the Dharma wallaby which is in that Rotorua area as I said and then the larger Bennett's wallaby in the Canterbury region
0: So the Dharma wallaby in Rotorua, the Bennett's wallaby in Canterbury and North Otago in particular tell us before we go to our panellists what sort of damage are they doing? What's the issue here?
3: Yeah, so they, um, they're herbivores and they graze on the understory of our forests. They out-compete with livestock for pasture and they also eat p- planted pine forests. We've had some reports of up to 50% of planted pine forests being consumed by wallabies. So, you know, our, our forests can't get a chance to to regenerate and that combined with other pests that we have um, within the Nahiti is, uh, is quite a problem for that fragile system.
0: Mm, uh, Janet Wilson.
2: Um, I'm really keen to find out, Sophie why we've got this explosion in numbers and and what you're doing in terms of an eradication program. Is it a 245T uh, kind of program or how are you going about it to get those numbers down?
3: Yeah, so there was a great study done by Manaki Whenua in 2015 that modelled you know, the impact of wallabies um, that the regional councils had been dealing with for a very long time, you know, Bay Plenty Regional Council and Environment Canterbury were dealing with these, these pest species within their own regions. And Manaki really highlighted the impact that wallabies could have if, you know, as we say, left unchecked and they could move to the rest of the country. Um, so that was when it really became a national issue and we got this national funding in 2020 to do something about the issue. So the Tepe um National Wallaby Eradication Programme has been set up in partnership with Forest and Bird, DOC, Fed Farmers, Regional Councils and local iwi um, to, one, determine our plan um, for what we're going to do about um, controlling wallabies and, two, action it.
0: James?
1: Yeah, I'm one of those people who knew of wallabies because of kawau and I mm-hmm. understand they're now on other islands in the Gulf as well. So my question is, Sophie, if that's a contained area like Kawau Island that's not particularly large, how is it? that it's so difficult to eradicate them even within that relatively easily accessible and controlled space?
3: Yeah, so our focus is stopping on the spread initially from those areas um, in Rotorua and Canterbury where they can freely move. Um, another issue that we also face is people moving them around, moving them around intentionally, which is obviously a massive issue. Um, they are an unwanted organism. It is oh my um, goodness. illegal illegal to move them. But we do get people who, who sometimes do that, and that causes obviously a lot of extra effort that we've got to go and um, stamp out those new populations before they become an issue.
0: Yeah, Jeanette says, Wallace, you need to have a holiday in Tekapo, a beautiful night sky and quite a few wallabies, a nice wallaby park in Waimate. So, uh, needless to say, I mean, I wasn't aware, Sophia, I guess that's why we're talking about it right now, the sheer scale. Like, if left unchecked, they could cause Kiwis uh, $84 million a year in damage.
3: Oh, yeah, it's a massive amount of um, predicted damage that they could cause. Um, so we really want to be pushing back those populations and then trying to eliminate them. Um, as, as as we go along. And we're using a number of tools for that. Um, we use thermal imaging. Um, obviously, they're nocturnal, so we want to pick up those heat signatures at night. We're using drones within the program. Um, we've got a skilled base of hunters who are absolutely incredible. Um, dog handlers as well. We had one dog handler who walked, I think, over 10,000 kilometres last year within the program. So a huge Good amount of going into um, to finding these wallabies and then eliminating them as well.
0: So you are asking New Zealanders to report any wallaby sightings,
3: am I right? Yes, that's right. So we have a website, reportwallabies.nz, so if you do see a wallaby anywhere, even if you think it's in an area where we we know there are wallabies, we still want to know about it. Um, So getting people, uh, all New Zealanders, across the problem and knowing why we need to do something about wallabies is is critical.
1: I'm concerned about that wallaby nimbyism of people moving them around. (laughs) Presumably that's what it is, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean... I don't know, some people might not realise the, the issue of just one wallaby, but um, yeah, obviously one wallaby can become many wallaby and that's how we've got to this situation in the first place.
0: Someone says, how tasty are they, Sophia? Uh,
3: yeah, well, if you've ever been to Waimati, you'll know that they are a bit of a delicacy there. You can get a wallaby pie um, within Waimati. I
0: had no uh. idea. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, So yeah, people can eat them, um, they're also used for pet food but with anything within the, the biosecurity realm that commercialisation of a species is really tricky, you know we've seen the issues that that caused with possums, you know in the fur trade, um, so yeah, while people do do that um, making them an economically viable um, option has has that um, a double edged sword of, then people might go well I'd like them closer to home and, and then we've got the prob- the population spreading out further.
0: Alright, very good Sophia, kia ora for that and, and uh I'll get people to text into uh, whether or not that you've seen wallabies in your area. Uh, that is Sophia White, Pest Management Programs Team Manager at Biosecurity NZ. So report a wallaby sighting, or report a wallaby to reportwallabies.nz. Uh, wallabies, I've seen a bunch of them in Otago. Uh, the Otago Regional Council is doing really good work at highlighting this and working with local hunters and farmers. All right, it is. Time for I've been thinking, Janet Wilson. What's your IBT?
2: Ah, my IBT today is something that you may know a little bit about yourself, Wallace. Um, I, I came across this this great article by Stuff's Gen Z culture reporter, called with the most marvellous name of Lyric Whywiri Smith. Now, she tried what they call slow living. Oh, stop it. Been do. there, done that. Wrote
0: a book <laughs> about it 10 years ago. <laughs> you wrote the book Ten about it. 10 years ago. I know. I know. I, 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 I own slow living. <laughs> Janet? Um, I, think,
2: I think there's enough love with slow, slow living to go around many people, isn't there, once? Really? Don't Maybe. you think? Maybe. Have you tried it?
0: Have you tried it?
2: No, I need to try it desperately. And what Lyric was saying in her piece was that we just need to get off our goddamn smartphones and and calm down and do less and do it more meaningfully. Basically, isn't it? That's what slow living is, isn't it? Oh, and it's it's a marvelous idea. Give give me. Do you still employ slow living? I'm wondering. (laughs) No.
0: No, that was 10 no. years ago. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. the fast living these days. The faster, the better. No. Right, okay. I, yeah. no, it I understand. Re- it was I a understand. response. It was a response to when I was very, very sick. I mean, I was extremely ill, and I just needed to recalibrate my life. And actually, I'm going to be right, really honest with you, Janet. Slow living uh, saved my life. I just took Did a it? step. Yeah, no, seriously. I, t- I took a step back right. and I said, I've got to – Um, Actually think about how I'm living, be more cognizant of the moment, be more cognizant of the present, and I developed strategies and techniques. And so, yeah, in seriousness now, slow living is, uh, as you say, as important and prescient now way more than a decade ago. So, yeah, it's a great mm, topic.
2: Mm. I, I think it is a great topic, and I think we could all do with a bit more reflection mm. and time living in our own heads rather than doing no. the doom scroll and um, trying to find out what other people think about us. You know, it's th- that's rubbish. That is all rubbish, really. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, need yeah. to just quieten it all down a little bit, don't we? Yes.
0: No, no, Kieran. All right, very good. Fantastic. All right, uh, in fact, yours, you and I have been thinking uh, – Relates to this Because I've got a chapter on this in my book Okay. Well this dovetails uh, People will think
1: we set this up But no, I had this idea And I saw Janet's email on slow living My uh, my, um, talking topic is the nap The wonderful nap So I've started, because I've got this new role And lots of work to do I've started the power nap when I get home I heard Winston Peters talk about it once He swore by the fact that he was constantly energised By having a power nap But of no longer than 40 to 45 minutes So there's the power nap But then I think come the weekend, there's the recreational nap, which is a completely different form of nap. And, you know, all sorts of options. Is it a beanbag nap? Is it a hammock nap? Is it falling asleep in front of sport? Book on your chest, not on your chest? There are all these sort of options for the recreational. So I'd like to know what people's practices are around, particularly power napping, how and when. And how about the recreational? Well, I would,
0: Okay, so James putting on a call there. Are you a napping aficionado? I can uh, confidently say that napping also made a significant impact on my life, uh, swore by it for years. Just 20 minutes on the count, looking at the clouds, little bit of music yeah. on, looking at the clouds, Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of Keith Jarrett, okay, yes, okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> a hammock is, I think, a hammock
0: personally. Well, the thing like about the hammock is that, you're, you're, yeah, the hammock's all very well. You think it's good, but you're swaying and it's uncomfortable <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> so it's very uncomfortable. You need to be in a soft couch looking at the clouds with a little bit of Keith Jarrett. That's the way to nap. You can't be in a hammock.
1: Right. Okay. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. The Keith Jarrett I'm going to make a note. Keith Jarrett. (laughs) I'm going to sleep with Keith Jarrett. Is that how I express that?
0: Uh, 2101. Do you, uh, like James Elliott, love your naps? What about you, Janet?
2: Oh, I love Marvellous, particularly on the weekends. Yep, yep. It's just absolutely essential.
0: Uh, We have got a lot to get through this afternoon with our star panel this afternoon, Janet Wilson and James Elliott. Uh, Waimata Farmer here. We farm beside... A council-owned forestry. One night in August, a hunter got over 40 wallabies in a a couple of hours. So that's very interesting. Uh, Now, uh, Chris Hipkins is doing his um, stand-up. He is saying that he has reiterated that during his term, he will keep the promise made by Jacinda Ardern about not introducing a capital gains tax. He says super will not change In his answers, he's left the door open to considering these issues in later terms. So, yeah, we discussed that just after four here on the panel.